0: Hey gang, welcome to another episode of Sprinkles with a Z at the end. I'm Timmy V and I'm here to help you find your next favorite TV show, movie, or a podcast. indoor podcast, I should say. Um, we have a terrific episode today. We have um, a fantastic new um, Netflix original. Netflix original. Um, called Babylon Berlin. Which is fantastic. Did I already say that? I think I did. And then an incredible um, podcast called S-Town by the um, creators of This American Life and Cereal, um, which is just phenomenal. We'll be talking about that. And then there will be a Tasty Treat Sensation to end all Tasty Treats. That's not true. I'm not even going to say that because you can never end Tasty Treat Sensations. They just go on and on and on and on and on. Um, because that's what makes life worth enjoyable. That's what, what? That's what makes life enjoyable. Yes, I guess, that's what makes life enjoyable. Um, I'm not sure what I said originally, but it wasn't quite right. Um, that and love, I guess. Those two things. Tasty treats and love. That's the whole purpose of life. Anyway, um, so, um, get ready and enjoy the show. Okay, so this is actually a Dr. J's recommendation. That's right, it is actually a Dr. J's recommendation. It is also a Laurel's recommendation. Laurel is a friend of the family, and she recommended this as well. And these two people, I really respect their recommendations. Um, So I was like, I'd already put this on my queue because it is a Netflix original. Netflix? I always call it Netflix as opposed to Netflix. Um, that's wrong, probably. Um, the Netflix original. Um, so they always, you know, they always have the trailers for those, like, up front and center. And so I had seen the trailer, and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. So I put it on my queue, you know, and there's a bajillion things on my queue, so I may never have watched it except for the fact that Dr. J and Laurel recommended it. And so I watched it, or I'm watching it, um... I believe there are a total of 14 episodes, something like that. Oh, 16 episodes. There's 16 episodes, apparently. So I have watched like 9 or 10 of them, so I'm getting over halfway. It's kind of one of those shows that I'm kind of savoring, but also it's kind of intense, so I can't really just watch and watch and watch. I mean, I can usually watch an episode and a half at a time. Um, due to time constraints, but it's also very intense. Um, So, let me explain why it is intense. And this is not a show that I would recommend to everyone, so I have to say that right up the front, because there is, like, warning, warning. Definitely nudity, definitely violence, um, definitely upsetting themes. Um, Yeah, so this is really, this is, for anyone who has sensitivities... Just avoid it. I'm sorry to say that because I have sensitivities and there are moments where I'm like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, but I keep watching it because it is amazing. In fact, the quality of the show is really unparalleled. In uh, For most shows, most shows do not get to this level. Um, this show, um, the level of writing, acting, costumes, sets... I mean it just goes on and on and on. Like the just the high, high, high caliber. The only thing that detracts from it is the violence. And it unfortunately, um, it goes along with the, the subject matter. So let me explain the, the basic premise of the show is it's set in nineteen, I think, twenty nine, Germany. So this is after World War One, before World War Two. Um, it's set in Berlin. The premise is basically that the main character is from Cologne. He's come to Berlin on a special mission. He is, like, a police detective. So he starts working with the Berlin um, police office um, on, like, on the vice squad. So, of course, there's, hence, (laughs) a lot of... Nudity, drugs, da, 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 you know, pornography—that kind of thing—with the Vice Squad. So you see, and there's no holds barred. So there's there's a lot of nudity in this, a lot. Um, and so, so FYI. Um, and so he, you know, he's with the Vice Squad, and he has his own kind of secret mission he's working on. But in the backdrop, there's a lot of other things happening in Germany at that time. Um, you have these um, Russian uh, Bolsheviks, um, who are aligned with Trotsky, who has now fled Russia, um, but is trying to secretly overthrow Stalin, who is now in control of Russia. Then you have some other Russian factions who have other allegiances, um, and so they're trying to smuggle in this, um, like um, czarist era gold for the for various reasons, um, and then you have these r- um, German elites um, who are also trying to smuggle in some things for their own machinations, um, and so you have all these d- divergent storylines, and then you have this um, this girl named Charlotte Ritter who gives you her character gives you a true perspective of what it was like to live in Berlin um, during that time. So after the Versailles Treaty, the Treaty of Versailles, which ended World War One, Germany basically got all the blame for the war, and they fell into, most Germans anyway, fell into extreme poverty, um, which then laid groundwork for Hitler. Um, and so this character, Charlotte Ritter, who um, is... She and her family are destitute and rent out um, part of an apartment from this other family. And you see the struggles um, of everyday German life at that time. Um, and so that, that's very fascinating from like a socioeconomic perspective and just a humanist perspective. It's very interesting to see. So, you have all of that, but then on top of that, you have these, which sounds very dreary, all that's very dreary, but like the, there's some very fabulous things too, because the German nightlife at that time, there was a lot of avant garde expressionists, um, there was a lot of um, cabaret, a lot of um, fabulous art deco, um, like interior design. So, you get some of those things. So, there's, you see glimpses of the nightlife. And there is this one, um, there's several musical numbers, but this one, OMG, I cannot stop listening to it. And the music, the soundtrack is on Spotify, um, which also, by the way, Sprinkles with a Z is on Spotify. Um, anyway, but, um, so if you would, look, if you go to Spotify and just type in Babylon Berlin, it'll cut, the soundtrack will come up. And the one that I'm just obsessed with, this is this one particular number, and the name of it, there's two songs, actually they're there's two songs with the exact same name, but it's who um, it's attributed to, so it's actually the second one of this uh, song, and it's called Zu Asche, Zu Staub. My German pronunciation is atrocious. Uh, the German said, I'm a family, I'm sure, would hate to hear my pronunciation of this, but I'm afraid that, that is unfortunately as good as it's gonna get. Um, it's Z-U space A-S-C-H-E comma Z-U space S-T-A-U-B. Um, and it's it's per- The performance that I'm talking about and the song that I'm talking about is by Severia, which is a Lithuanian-born actress who plays um, a very integral role in this. Um, she plays this Russian countess. She's fantastic. She is phenomenal. This, uh, this particular song and this particular number is, it will blow you away. Oh my gosh. So... The entire the, the cast is is astonishing. I have never seen any of these actors or actresses before. They've been in apparently you know, numerous other productions, um, but I have not seen them before. They are, they are quite the powerhouse, particularly um, the main star of Volker Bruch, Bruch, B R U C H, and Liv Lisa Fries. Um, she is fantastic. She is a Steen Sealer. She's a Steen Sealer? She's a scene stealer. <laughs> she steals scenes. Um, Peter Kurth, who plays the very interesting character of Bruno Volta, um, he is he's also a scene stealer, um, and, and can really bring about a lot of feelings um, because of uh, what his character is doing in whatever scene he's in. Um, this whole thing is phenomenal. It is. It reminds me of kind of a Cohen brother movie, like the early. It kind of reminds me of um, one of their most powerful films, I think, and probably one of their least um, known. On the street, so to speak, and I'm, 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 I know that movie critics would all know about it. But um, for you know, but Miller's Crossing, um, which was 1990, um, was Marcia Gaye. <laughs> Okay, let's take that one more time. Marcia Gay Hayden. Um, Oh my gosh, it's Marcia Gay Harden. She's fantastic. She was in um, the, I was going to say she was in Jack Black. She was in Meet Joe Black. Wow, okay. Um, She is one of my favorite actresses. I've gushed over her before. I'm not sure what movie I was gushing over her, but um, what movie I was talking about in what po- previous podcast, but she is fantastic. Anyway, long story short, Miller's Crossing, it reminds me of this. It This movie does not really have a sense of humor. I mean, there's definitely humor in it very sparingly. Um, the thing about the movie is that there's such humanness in it. You really feel for a lot of the characters. There's a lot of characters you're like, you don't give much, much, a, much, a, much a care for because they're just really kind of... Um, not caring, nice people. But then the the, the the few really nice people, and the downtrodden, you are so hopeful for and very scared for because you already know the way that this... This is a very realist perspective. It's not like a Disney film where everything's going to work out. Um, that's another reason I wanted to go ahead and recommend it, um, even though I haven't seen it all the way through yet, um, just because it's fantastic and I would love for people to watch it so I can talk to people about it. Um... Because it's it's just phenomenal. But again, if you have any sensitivities to violence, nudity, sexual themes like sexual violence, do not watch this. I'm sorry. I cannot recommend it um, because of those reasons. If you can stomach those things, um, you will really appreciate the work, the art, craft that is involved in this. Um, Again, Babylon Berlin, there were two seasons, but um, they packaged it together. I actually... While I was, um, you know, doing the research about names and stuff for this, I came across, oh, it's like two seasons. I was like, yay, it's going to have another season. No, it's like <laughs> the two seasons, they're, they already aired both, apparently both seasons um, in Berlin and or Germany. And so they just combined them into one big old thing in America. So I am doubtful that there will be any more um, after this. So that's another reason I'm savoring it. Anyway, so put it on your queue. Babylon, Berlin. Enjoy. <laughs> Okay, and now I am so excited to finally be talking about S-Town, and that's S-Town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it actually stands for ex- s expletive. It's like an expletive town, um, but they chose to call it S-Town to be viewer-friendly. And since this is a viewer-friendly show, we will use the S-Town dash town also as the title. Um, It is from the producers of This American Life, which is really the quintessential um, journalism podcast of all time. Um, There's no hesitation in me saying that. And then followed also by the, I don't want to say conjoined, but the related podcast from the producers of the, the podcast of Serial also, which is like what really was, I think, brought a lot of people into, podcasts into the mainstream, like I should say. It made pe- people who were talking about it, and it's just, it's something that's not, like, This American Life is a radio show that has a podcast. Serial was just, it's like a podcast that just broke um, into the mainstream, like nobody's business, and people were all talking about, what do you think? Did he do it? Did he do it? Blah, 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 blah. And we'll talk about that at another time. But today we're talking about S-Town. So, um, the, um... S-Town is the, the creation of Brian Reed, who is a journalist, and he was contacted um, by a gentleman by the name of um, John B. McLemore, um, who at the time lived in Woodstock, Alabama, and he was contacted about a potential story idea about this, um, because Woodstock is this tiny town, and there was this story going around that someone had been murdered by this kind of well-to-do family's son. And it was just this, this thing. And so Brian Reed went to investigate. And that's how it all starts out. Well, this story takes a complete turn and becomes a story about something very, very different. Um, it is it is the, the type of small-town southern story a la Flannery O'Connor. A la um the oh my gosh. The writer of The Glass Menagerie. Tennessee Williams, thank you, I knew that, Tennessee Williams. A la like Henry Miller, um, air conditioned nightmare, um, when like when he went to the South. It it captures like this quirky care these quirky characters like the of the South. Um and it brings to light kind of the what happens when people are prevented from being who they really are and not appreciated for who they are but at the same time somehow being accepted into this small community because it's a small community so they have to be accepted but they're still on the outside it is I cannot, and I don't really want to tell you much more than that, but it is, it's unbelievable. And there is definitely, along the same lines, um, uh, with Serial, particularly, there is this kind of criticism that you'll see online if you look it up, which I would advise you not to look up, um, just so that you, the story can unfold, um, and then you can decide for yourself how you feel about it. Um, but there is definitely, there, when you have something like a documentary, it's kind of like Grey Gardens, which I don't think I've talked about yet, but will be on um, a future episode of Sprinkles. When you document something, you become part of the story, and then just the fact that you're doing a story about these people becomes part of their story, and then it changes their lives. And that is part of what happens here. Um, so there's a really an ethical dilemma. I don't know that you could ever just say as an artist, like a documentarian or a journalist, that I am just here to witness. Because what happens is the witnessing, um, then it gets witnessed by the general public and then things happen from there. Um, so there is definitely some, you know, ethical dilemmas that come up, just the concept of this type of show. Um, but it is is very well done. I feel it's very respectful to those involved. Um, but there is definitely some there are definitely consequences due to the the podcast. Um, and so I would advise you after listening to the podcast, um, like looking it up and seeing the aftermath of the pod, like what the pod what happens. Um, so. I know that all sounds very mysterious, but I think it's important um, as far as, like, a piece of art and a piece of Americana, which this definitely is Americana. Like, you couldn't have this kind of story in any other country. It is such an American story, um, just because of the way that our—because so much of of what the story is about is American culture, Um it's, it's about John B. McLemore, but it's about how he fit in or did not fit into American culture. And, like, it is... And it is intense. I mean, there are... it is This is not a light, happy-go-lucky kind of podcast. So, unfortunately, the two things I'm recommending today are not for the faint of heart. Um, but it is for... You know, for anyone who appreciates the human condition, this podcast really captures that beautifully. Um, so, in this, it um, so all the episodes are available. It came out um, in March of 2017. Um, it's available wherever you get your podcasts at. Um, so enjoy, yeah. I think I, I really hate to say the word "enjoy." <laughs> um, witness and experience this podcast. I think is probably the better word for it. So, S-Town. Um, yeah. Okay, wow, so this was a heavy show today. I'm so sorry, Sprinklers. Um, so maybe this was like the, the, um, the art show, kind of, like the art house, the art show. The art house um, sprinkles edition. Um, but finally, we get to an upbeat tasty treat sensation. And this is something I probably shouldn't even recommend, but I have to just because it's my tasty treat sensation that I have discovered and I cannot stop um, consuming it. It's the Cafe Monster uh, beverage. Um, <laughs> so, what does that mean? It means that Monster, the producers of those like highly, highly caffeinated beverages, have created their own, like, energy coffee, like, beverage. So it's kind of like one of those um, Starbucks drinks in a bottle, like a glass bottle that you see at, like, convenience stores or wherever. Um, I guess they're like Frappuccinos or whatever they are. They're delicious. Um, but now ca- the Monster has one. And it's called Cafe, Um and it's spelled C-A-F-F-E with the accent. Like you, I believe. Or maybe it's like I always forget. Anyway, but it's like... But it's the same thing, but just like full of caffeine. So when you need extra caffeine and taurine, which... I don't even know what that is, but it's probably not... I, maybe it's good for you. I don't know. I'm not saying that it's good for you, but I'm just saying it's probably... This is probably not great for you. But when you need something... um, and When you need a lot of intensity, uh, when you need a lot of energy... Um, and you need um, something that tastes delicious. I do have to. I have to say, this is delicious to me. The, I've had only two flavors. I've had the salted caramel and the vanilla. I'm partial to the vanilla, but that's just me. Um, so think about this. Um, it is. Um, it has like a hundred less calories than the um, Starbucks versions. Um, so that's nice. But again, it is terribly caffeinated. So. You may you may never sleep the rest of your life. So beware. And anyone who has sensitivities to, like, caffeine or any of those um, B vitamins or taurine, you should avoid this at all cost. And I think anyone who is pregnant, I'm sure there's, like, a warning label of who should not, like, children should not consume this beverage. Pregnant people should not consume. Elderly people. There's probably actually no one <laughs> who can probably consume this beverage. But I discovered it when I was at a convenience store, and I am completely addicted to it. Um, I try to limit myself to, like, one a week or two a week um, and only, like, in the morning hours. But they are, they are, it's delicious. It's a tasty treat. Hey, what can I say? Um, okay, gang, well, that is the show. Heavy show, heavy show. Next time, it'll be light and airy. Maybe just comedies or something. Um, anyway, I appreciate you guys listening, as always, and I will see you next time. Thanks. Have a great day, I guess those two things tasty treats and love that's the whole purpose of life